This time of year can be so challenging for mamas when school lets out for the summer and your regular routine is completely thrown off kilter. If you have found yourself in a place of a little bit of chaos and you just want a little bit more order and routine, then you're going to love today's episode. I am so excited to chat with you guys about how to survive school breaks with your kids at home and some steps that you can take and things that you can do to make it easier on yourself, more enjoyable for your kids, and actually be able to get some serious work done in the process. So if you are ready, let's jump right in. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mom photographers out there feeling overwhelmed trying to raise a thriving family and build a profitable business you love. I'm a business and motherhood coach, brand photographer, podcaster, wife, and homeschooling mama saved by grace, so I can totally relate to the never-ending to-do lists, endless hours of editing, and the trail of messes strewn across the floor. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to step into the role as CEO in your motherhood and your business. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, take some serious action, and embrace hard things for the sake of growth, then you're in the right place. Hey mama, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here with you today and can't wait to talk about today's topic. But before we jump right into it, I wanted to take a minute and reintroduce myself in case you are a brand new listener or just in case you forgot who I am here behind the mic. My name is Ashley Freehan and I am the founder of The Purpose Gathering and I love coaching mama business owners through motherhood and growing their business and doing so without sacrificing their sanity or their family. In addition to this weekly podcast, I also have a brand new 12-week group coaching program called the Efficient Mom Photographer, which is specifically designed to help mom photographers manage their limited time well and implement systems in their business that will create sustainability and also increase the profitability in their business. So if you are interested in learning more about this coaching program, head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash coaching. One more quick thing before we hop into today's episode, I wanted to just let you know sort of what you can expect over the next few weeks. So in an effort for me to take a little bit more time off this summer, I have decided to re-record some of my most popular episodes and sort of curate some episodes that I think will be really helpful for you while going through the summer with your kiddos. And so obviously today's episode is going to be really focused on, you know, the overview of how to handle things, but then I'm going to be re-recording these episodes. So I'm going to be using the content from past episodes, but I'm going to be interjecting sort of like new insight, new information that I have going forward. But I think it's just 
going to be really great for you. So I just kind of wanted to give you that disclaimer that over the next few weeks, these episodes might have been um, content that you have already heard, but I'm repurposing it and just you know, reintroducing it in a new light, but also curating it so that it is super helpful and specific for you guys to help get you through these next couple of weeks with your kiddos at home. And don't worry, for those of you that already have kiddos at home, um, whether they're little or you homeschool, these episodes are still going to be really helpful for you. So stay tuned. I think you're really going to love this summer series. Let's get right to the topic of today's episode. Now, at the time of recording this episode, it is right after school has let out for the summer. So I feel like it's super timely, but I also want you to know that if you're listening to this episode later, you can still take what I'm about to teach and you can apply it to any school breaks. So let's get right in to tip number one, which is to get in the right mindset. It's so important that you first believe that you can handle it, that you feed yourself positive mantras on a daily basis, on a, let's just be real, hourly, minute basis, if that's even a thing. Because if you don't believe that you can handle it, you won't. If you believe that your kids are going to bug you and annoy you and it's going to be horrible in summer, you just are already starting this, you know, back to school countdown, things are going to be so much more difficult for you. So I want you to repeat these mantras over and over again. Things like, I can do hard things. I enjoy being around my kids. I love being able to spend more time with my kids. I can't wait to see my kids wake up in the morning. I can't wait to snuggle my kids. I can't wait to read to my kids. I love my kids. The more positive affirmations you give your brain, the more your brain is going to search for evidence to support those things that you are focusing on. So have that positive mindset. Be focused on the positive and the things that you love about your children and the things that you can accomplish and the fact that you can have a successful business while raising a thriving family at the same time. These are positive affirmations that I repeat in my head over and over again. And often I say them out loud because when I hear it with my ears, I start to believe it more so than if I just repeat it in my mind. Next, I want you to regularly remind your kids what's expected of them. So this is going to help you stay in that mindset. This is going to help your children get on board with that right mindset so they know what's expected and then put into place a system that actually encourages your children to take ownership of their own behavior. Now, if you want a follow-up episode on this, check out episode 61, which is my incredibly accidental yet effective discipline hack. So we do something called a star system, which helps encourage my children to show respect and responsibility. And so it's a really great episode if you guys want another tool up your sleeve that can help encourage your children to make good choices. Okay, let's talk about step number two for surviving school breaks, and that is to embrace the suck. 
Okay, we all know there are going to be hard times when you have your kids at home with you. It's just inevitable. But I want you to be thinking ahead. I want you to be brainstorming some potential roadblocks that you're going to run into. I want you to either think about them before they happen or as soon as they start to happen, as as soon as you start to kind of see a pattern, some repetition happening where you're like, okay, I see this is a struggle. I understand this is going to be a roadblock. I'm feeling super triggered. You know what I'm talking about. Those things where you can just feel your blood pressure rising and your, you know, your fists are clenching and you just are irritated by your children or by circumstances or by distractions, whatever the roadblock is, whatever the distraction is, I want you to write it down. Make a actual note of it, not just a mental note, because we have way too much stuff in our brains and we have to get it out and organized somewhere. I recommend Asana for all things organization. I think it's a super simple and easy way to keep track of all of those random lists. And so I would add this list and start to assign solutions to it. Well, I also want to share a resource with you guys that I think is super helpful. And you can download this over at thepurposegathering.com slash brainstorm. And this is a template that you can use with your children to help kind of make a brainstorm list of all the things they can do when they're bored. Now, there's different columns that you add the different areas in your house that they're allowed to play in. So maybe it's their own room. Maybe it's the playroom. Maybe it's the backyard and they're going to do water activities or the kitchen. So you choose those four different areas in your home and then you start to list out subcategories underneath that. So for instance, Let's say we're talking about outside, not in the backyard specifically, but just outside. So the four subcategories that my children came up with was water play, sports, activities, and then park, because we have a park right across the street from our house. So then once you have those four subcategories of sort of, you know, things that you can do, then you go even deeper and you talk about what are five different sports that you could do? Or what are five things you could do at the park? What are five things that you could do that require water? And then what are five activities that you could do outside in the backyard or something like that? And it really helps your children kind of brainstorm these ideas before they're bored and so that they can start to have this list, this master list. And what I do with this list is I print it out, I put it in a sheet protector, and then I hang it up downstairs, I hang it up in their room, I hang it up in at least two different places so that they can take a look at this when they're bored. So when my kids come to me and they say, I'm bored, what do you think I'm going to point them to? Hey, that's so great that you are recognizing you're bored. Go check out your I'm bored brainstorm list and come back and tell me what you're going to do from that list. And what's so cool about this list, you guys, is it is empowering your children to take ownership of their boredom. And this sheet, if you fill it out all the way, will have 80 different ideas of what your children can do when they're bored. Okay, so let me drop some words of wisdom for you. What works when you're trying to survive school breaks? For me, 
It's intentionality. But what doesn't work? Winging it. Do you love my words of wisdom, you guys? I feel like it's so simple. But so many of us, we go into the summer and we're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to play it by ear. I'm just going to see what happens. And then we're left feeling so overwhelmed and annoyed because we're trying to wing it. So that leads me to step number three to surviving school breaks, and that is to create a flexible plan and implement boundaries. So I want you to think about when your work blocks are going to be. I want you to think about your ideal week. What does that look like to you? Okay, so let's move on to some other tips here about creating a flexible plan and implementing boundaries. So it's super important that you have a wake-up boundary. I talk about this all the time. I hope that you guys are starting to really understand how important this is, even for little ones, okay? The wake-up boundary is basically saying your kids can wake up whenever they want to, but they can't really be reliant on you until a certain time. Right now, if you have younger kids, of course, this is going to be different, babies especially, but I'm talking about like two years old or older. You need to have this wake up boundary. And this just kind of tells them, like, hey, mom is having her quiet time, her self care time from, you know, whenever you wake up until 7 a.m. or whatever you decide works for your family. That's our wake up boundary. My kids can wake up and they can come say good morning to me, but until 7 a.m., they cannot ask me for anything, okay? Unless it's an emergency, of course. Now, I also implement a quiet time boundary and I have done this since my kids stopped napping. And even if you haven't done this in the past and you have a little bit older kids, you can still implement this quiet time or I'm starting to call it self-care time. And this is time where your kids spend basically in lieu of a nap, okay? So at least, you know, an hour to an hour and a half. I've even had some friends do two hours. Whatever works for you and your family, you might need to start with smaller quiet time boundaries and work your way up. And that's totally fine, but it's teaching your children to play independently without needing you and without siblings. So this is a self-care quiet time where they're playing maybe in their room or they have a quiet corner of the house where they get to choose what they do. And again, you can take that um, board brainstorm that we talked about earlier and um, maybe transition that or modify it, I mean, into a quiet time idea bank. And so what are the things that they can do during quiet time? I also think it's really cool if you have a quiet time box where there's activities or books or coloring books or something in there that's, of course, quiet and probably not messy because you're not going to be monitoring this, um, but that they can only use during quiet time. So it kind of makes it a sacred box. Put some new things in there to get them excited about it. But I I promise you, this is going to be key for giving you some of that work time that you're looking for. Okay, next under that point is teaching your children to ask when would be a good time instead of can I? So let me give you an example. This is one that I hear all the time that's so annoying with parents. And that's, mommy, can I have a snack? Mommy, can I watch TV? Mommy, can I get on the computer? Mommy, can I play? Can I do this? Can I do that? And it's so annoying. Am I right? So teach your children to ask, when would be a good time? 
And then you need to have some sort of boundary around that. You need to have some sort of expectation because it's not fair for your children if they don't know when they can expect it. So that's why they're constantly asking you, can I, can I, can I? Because they just don't know. So if you have them rephrase their question, when would be a good time? It definitely feels less annoying for sure. And then you can start to work together as a team to create some boundaries. One boundary that we recently sort of reworked in our family is our screen time boundary. So I used to just allow my kids to have one hour of screen time per week, but I was noticing that with my son, he was starting to sneak screen time. And I really had a hard time with this, honestly, because I don't want to restrict screen time so much that my kids, you know, have no idea how to handle it. And so I actually was reading in a book by my favorite author, Rachel Macy Stafford. It's called Live Love Now. She shared um, someone that she is close to had actually created a list of you know, things that her kids had to do in order to earn screen time. And she allowed her kids to have unlimited screen time. So whenever they got all this done, they could just have unlimited screen time. I personally don't agree with that. And I understand why she was wanting to give them this unlimited screen time. Her theology behind it was that, you know, when they grow up and they get older, they are going to have unlimited screen time. And so she wants to really teach them um, how to handle and manage their freedom, essentially. Her kids are older, but I personally was just like, you know what, I don't think that would work for our family. And so I do have a boundary on it. But I have a checklist that my kiddos have to go through in order to earn screen time for the day. And then I do only give them 30 minutes of screen time. And so the first thing that they have to do, it doesn't have to be in any particular order, but I want them to do 20 minutes of reading and it has to be a book without pictures because they are older. My kids love graphic novels. I'm sure yours do as well, Um, but they have to read a book without pictures for 20 minutes and then they have to do a family contribution. Um, They can come to me and like give me some ideas, but of course it's up to me kind of like what we need help with that day. They also have to do 20 minutes of some sort of physical exercise, and then they have to make sure that their room and the playroom and just like the general areas um, in our home are picked up. So anything that belongs to them has to be put away. And this has just been absolutely incredible, especially for my son, who is very interested in screen time. He is waking up Um, And first thing in the morning, he's asking me like, mom, what can I do? Will you set my timer for reading? I'm going to go outside and play basketball. Like he is motivated to get that checklist done. And so my kids are almost nine and 12. So I will be sort of increasing that freedom as they get older. But I do think that it's really important that we do not restrict it too much. But on the flip side, that we are not too lenient about it either. I think Good, healthy boundaries are really important when it comes to screen time. Now, I do know a lot of parents are more lenient during the summertime, but I would caution you to maybe not be as lenient with those screens because we want our children to be able to battle boredom. And when they turn to screens, that's not really teaching them effective ways to battle boredom. And if you want to hear more about screen time, 
and specifically screen addiction, which is a huge epidemic right now in our society. Check out a guest interview episode that I did, which is episode 39 with Tessa Stuckey. It is so incredibly eye-opening, and I know that you will gain so much insight into this very scary topic after you listen to that. Okay, so next you want to post these boundaries somewhere. So as you start to create these boundaries, I want you to make a list that's visible for your children to see. So if you have that wake-up boundary, if you have that quiet time boundary, the screen time boundary, all the different boundaries, list them out and post them so that your children can start to see and recognize them. And then on this point, my last little tip here is to create themed days and activities for your children to look forward to. So this could be something like a pool day or a movie day or a hang out with your friends day. So a themed day where they can look forward and say, oh, it's Wednesday, it's pool day. So now I know that I need to get all of my stuff done. I need to do X, Y, and Z. Mom's going to do a work block right here. And then we're going to go to the pool during this time. So kind of creating that flexible plan where your kids know what's happening, um, but you also are able to kind of change things and shift things as other things come up, as we know that happens in real mom life, right? Okay, so our last and final tip here for surviving school breaks is to map out your childcare plan. And yes, I do believe that everyone listening right now needs a childcare plan because this is one of the biggest reasons why we struggle having our kids home because we need a break. And when they're home from school, we don't get that break. And so we are constantly feeling like we should be working or we should be doing something, but the kids need us and they're bored and they're fighting and they want something to do. And it's just exhausting. So I want you to think about some different creative options here for childcare. So the first of which could be a co-working play date. So if your kids are older, you can connect with a friend that also has a business, your kids play together, and you get some work done. Also, you could invite over friends to play with your kids, and that definitely helps keep them entertained. And so you can get some dedicated work time. And of course, this is really great if your kids are older. Well, my kids are older, so a lot of the, the examples I'm giving are what I use and what works for me. But for those of you that have younger kids, you could hire a mother's helper. So this is someone that you could hire that's younger and that maybe is between the ages of, you know, nine to 13. And you're going to be home working, but they likely have a lower rate and they are probably more willing to just hang out with your kids, um, play with them. And you have the opportunity, again, like I said, to get them at a lower rate. You could also hire one of your older siblings to babysit your younger siblings. This was a great way to teach them responsibility and to help them earn some extra money. Next, you could trade babysitting with a friend. Now, this is something that I did in the past, but now the way that my schedule is, I actually really don't want to trade babysitting, not because I don't love my friend's kids, but because of my time. My time is so limited and I would rather pay to have someone watch my kids. And so that's the next one here is to pay a fellow mama in your neighborhood or someone that lives nearby to watch your kids. So this is a preferred 
situation for me because this also gives my children social interaction. So instead of hiring a nanny to come to my house, which would not be very helpful for me because I need the house quiet when I'm home working, I want my kids to go somewhere else and have fun. Okay, the next thing that's super creative is just taking your kids to somewhere like a splash pad so you can get some work done. When my kids were younger, I would take them to the Chick-fil-A play place and I would let my kids play. They would play there for an hour and a half and I would sit in the lobby on their Wi-Fi and I would get work done. So there are so many different creative ways for you to have childcare, whether you are able to pay for it or not. So I want you to kind of be thinking about this plan and even if you don't want to work during this time that you have childcare, you can still go do things for you. And I think that's so important to remember that you are important and that you have to prioritize your self-care. So let's do a quick recap before we wrap up the episode. Tip number one is to get in the right mindset and think positively about your situation because it will make everything feels so much more manageable. Tip number two is to embrace the suck. Brainstorm those potential roadblocks and come up with solutions. Teach your children how to battle boredom. Tip number three is to create a flexible plan and implement boundaries and actually stick to those boundaries. Let's be clear about that. And then tip number four is to map out your child care plan. It's so important that you figure out how you're going to have some focused work time during these school breaks. So I hope that you found these tips helpful today and that you will take some of them to heart and put them into action. It is so incredibly possible for you to not only just survive these school breaks, but to actually enjoy them with your children. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot of it, share it with a friend, and give them these tips and strategies to survive school breaks as well. And if you are not a part of our free Facebook community called The Organized Mom Photographer, I would love to invite you to join us. You can head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas, and I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. As always, Mama, I am here rooting for you, and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You can do hard things, and life is about more than just surviving. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. To become a part of our free online community and connect with like-minded mom photographers, head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this girl, and I can't wait until next time.